But I think what drives human beings, whether it be an entrepreneur or any human being, the happiest times you'll ever be in your life is when you're doing two things. When you are growing and expanding and pursuing and building something more than you already have in any of those six areas I talked about. And also when you're contributing to others. So that's how you get happy forever and is to just constant and never improvement and know that that's how human beings are wired, I believe. Welcome. You are listening to the Hero of the Hour podcast, the show dedicated to empowering you to take financial freedom into your own hands. Through expert interviews with decades of experience, this show will give you not only the tactical strategies of what's working in business, but the appropriate mindsets to master your financial future and build generational wealth. Heroes and entrepreneurs operate with a similar anything is possible mentality. And that is exactly what our show is about. Your host is none other than Mark B. Murphy, CEO of Northeast Private Client Group and best-selling author of three books, all dedicated to helping others plan for generational wealth. He and his team are on a mission to share their knowledge and techniques so that others can enjoy a life of financial security and freedom. Get ready to be inspired to create the life of your dreams. Let's go. In today's episode of the Here of the Hour podcast, Mark has an inspiring conversation with the one and only Bernie Stoltz, a seasoned motivator, coach, and public speaker. Bernie is the CEO of Fortune Management, the world's largest executive coaching organization for doctors. As CEO of Fortune Management, Bernie leads more than 80 coaches in over 60 cities throughout the U.S. and Canada. Today, Bernie shares some insights into building a successful company and his thoughts about the power of kindness and abundance. I'm happy to have one, one of my closest friends in the whole world and business partners, Bernie Stoltz, the CEO and founder of Fortune Management, along with five or six other companies, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into, Bernie, part of the day. But uh, welcome to the podcast. It is a pleasure to be back with you, my good friend and partner. And I'm excited. I understand you have a new book coming out. Well, I, for, before we get to my book, uh, which is coming out shortly called The Ultimate Investment, I want to show up to everybody the fortune recipe. And, you know, the, the interesting thing is, I, I, don't, I don't know what, you know, a lot of the people are watching this podcast know or don't know, but I got involved when you and I met about a little over 20 years ago. And uh, fortune was a, was a good company. For those of you who don't know, it's the largest executive coaching, communications, practice management companies in the world. For dentists, for for some plastic surgeons and, and veterinarians and dermatologists, and I'd love you know the, one of my favorite questions, and I've got a lot of favorite Bernie questions, but one of my favorite Bernie questions is, where did you start? Where are you right now, and where are you going? And I think Fortune is such a success story that there are so many people out there trying to figure out how to grow their company and how to have freedom of uh, how to grow their income, how to grow their business, how to grow their freedom of time, how to grow their freedom of relationships. I think it'd be a lot of fun just to take people and take you through your journey, because quite frankly, the the monolith, the giant, the the giant company Fortune has become, was not what it was twenty two years ago, and it wasn't that way thirty two years ago when you founded it. So I'd love to, I'd love, I'd love to people to just take people through it because I think it's a really 
Horatio Alger, uh, amazing story of of success. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the chapters that that is in my new book kind of speaks to the vision of any kind of a business that I've ever been involved with, which is, I think it's all, it all starts with your, your core beliefs and your values. And one of the things that we always believed about fortune was that it's okay to do good by doing good things for others. And what we saw, you know, where, where we started, we started as a very, very small regional executive practice management company. And boy, I remember in the in the salad years, I, I did it all. I, I was in offices, I was uh doing public speaking. I, and then as it as it grew, I I really wanted to to kind of be the face of of the company and really wanted to put my core beliefs out there on a national level. And so you know, I guess at, at one point I was I was tra- probably traveling 150 to 200 days a year, and at the same time was still trying to maintain life balance with a wonderful wife and two kids, and still coaching basketball and all that cool stuff. But I think what what really was was exciting about Fortune is we knew we had a really really solid product and a pro and a service. And, you know, if you go back, I mean, dentistry, which is is still our core. I mean, at this point today, we have about any given time, about 1,200 dental practices under management in about 90 markets throughout the United States and Canada. We have about 140 executive coaches. I've got a great leadership team. And we've really built it and scaled it. But the core principles of the company were the same back then as they are today and the belief systems about why we felt it was going to be a needed a needed service and 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 again as I started to say dentistry's changed a lot in the 30 plus years that I've been in it almost 35 years fortunes now in its 34th year but back then dentistry was different in the fact that there wasn't a lot of practice management. There wasn't a lot of executive coaching. The whole concept of executive coaching, not just in dentistry, but in every profession, has really became the buzzword of the 21st century. You know, and and so it didn't really exist. And when it did exist in dentistry over 30 years ago, it was really more about systems and practice management and just the the nuts and bolts of it. And what we saw, we we saw this huge void, first of all, in the area of personal development and emotional fitness and mental toughness, because all the business, including dentistry, including any anything we do, is all about the psychology of it. And we just didn't see anybody, and quite frankly, still today, circa 2023. I don't think there's any organization out there that teaches the psychology of business and the psychology of dentistry and the psychology of healthcare better than fortune management does. And so we saw that as the secret sauce. We also, at the same time, we believed that dentists really we're not getting a lot of business acumen and training. You certainly don't get it in dental school, just like MDs don't get it in medical school. In fact, quite frankly, 
They dissuade the practitioners against it, you know? And so, and, and think about this. Where else are you going to go and get a professional degree? You're going to get a doctorate degree. But the only way you're really going to be successful is if you also know how to run a business, but yet they give none of that training. So it's pretty ironic, right? So we just saw all those things between the the need for these doctors to have leadership skills, for them to have emotional fitness, mental toughness, and adopt a belief system that was going to really, really support them to give them the, a business acumen to all those things. And then, of course, there were more things, too. It, you know, also 30 years ago, it was taboo for a dental practice to market, just like it was taboo for a law firm to market three decades ago. Well, that's all changed now, right? So those were all the things that we saw that we still believe today make the difference because, you know, one of the things we've said is it's not just about the doctors, it's about the teams, it's about the culture. And what we know is, is that you don't grow any business, not yours, not mine, not a dental practice. You do not grow a a business, you grow the people within it. So we've always been about personal development, right? And again, falling in love with business. That was another thing that was I saw early on is that we had a lot of doctors who love being clinicians, love being artists. But the the dichotomy of it is you can you can be a great artist and go broke. There's tons of starving artists out there. So it, you need to be good at both. And and so that was really what would help fortune to really grow was staying with it. And then of course learning how to scale it. So that's that's kind of where we are today. Very proud of You were talking about that. One thing I've noticed in the salad days you were talking about when you first started where you were chief cook and bottle washer 30 years ago. I've noticed fortune has grown a lot, but I also notice that you do less and less things every year and you do them with more and more precision. Mm -hmm. And you've got people in place that do, quite frankly, things that you and I used to do together even a couple of years ago, much less 20 years ago. How hard a jump was that for people to go how hard was that from being hands-on on virtually every micro decision of your firm to, to just being the chairman of the board and, and being responsible for the big stuff? Well, I, I think obviously any passionate, enthusiastic, hungry CEO has a hard time letting go, right? But one of the, the, the mottos that we have in our company and, and, uh, it's about walking our talk. And that is what we've always said at Fortune is, is that if we teach it, we do it. And if we don't do it, we don't teach it. And one of the things that we have always emphasized to all of our doctors, all of our clients around the country, is that one of the greatest challenges that any professional has, and I know you and I have talked about this before, and I don't care whether it's a dentist, an MD, a lawyer, a architect, a CPA, they all have one thing in common. And that is if they're good at their trade, if they're good at being the artist, they can have, they can make a good billable hour. You know, there are brain surgeons out there that can make $5,000 an hour. There are cosmetic dentists that can make $5,000 an hour. The challenge with it is, is no matter how much you're worth per hour in your career, it's still just a good paying job. 
And what I think every entrepreneur, because I know your new your new book is going to speak a lot to the entrepreneurial spirit and the entrepreneurial mindset, which is what I'm all about as well. And I think what what I learned is you don't get rich working for a living and you can't make as big an impact on the career, society, the world, whatever that is if you're just trading time for dollars. So one of the things that I I have in my new book is is a chapter on what I call touch it once. You need to get to a place in your career where you empower others, you touch it once, you make decisions, and then you empower and trust somebody else, which is also part of leadership, right? So for our clients, we say, look, you know, you've got to put a great team around you. You've got to empower people. And the greatest form of leadership is to lead from the back, to be servant leader. Well, if we bring that all the way back to my career, I had to absolutely buy what I was selling. And so what I've done is the same thing. I've, I've made sure that I've empowered now. I have a leadership team that's about 15 people strong that really oversee all of the day-to-day activities of fortune management. I just decided a couple of years ago that I could make my best impact as not just being a CEO, but being more of a board, a leader from the board seat. And so at fortune chairman of the board, you know, uh, and, and I have board seats on five other companies as well. And of course my motto is for all you thriving entrepreneurs, I won't take a board seat unless I have an equity position in it because I don't have time. And, and, and I've never been one that wanted to invest in Wall Street CEOs because I always believed in myself more than any Wall Street CEO. So, so I've always invested in myself and I've always put myself in a position where I could affect change. And of course, it, it's, it's absolutely being a great leader and empowering other people. Because what I've found out about all people in all organizations is that the more you expect, the higher you set the bar, bar, the more that they will live up to that. And the reverse is true as well. You know, I, I'm I'm a believer that uh, entrepreneurism is in danger of becoming extinct. You know, when we were kids, you always looked up to the people that were successful, that, uh, that made money, that... Uh, uh, that worked hard to do those things. And in some ways in our culture, people are hiding their success from people. So, yeah, so, so to me, I, I've sort of, I, I sort of have this uh, fight in my own mind going on to say, Hey, I want to let people know that we're successful and we're doing things and we're making money because I want, I, I want, I want the future entrepreneurs to know that there is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. If you're, if you're, if you work hard and you're smart and you do those things. But at the same time, I think one of the things in business is, is that you want to form a company so you can elevate the lives of other people at the same time. And so Absolutely. I want to do both those things. Absolutely. I mean, when did it become bad to run successful, profitable businesses? And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think a lot of this has been very recent uh, societal beliefs. We, hell, we've got a part of, of our political government who is anti-business who is, you know, and I'm not going to get off on a political tangent here, but, you know, socialism seems to be the word of the day these days. And I just don't understand it. In other words, one of the things 
that I've always done is I've always wanted to fall in love with business. And because think about what business, if you run successful businesses, and I don't care whether it's a Fortune 500 company or whether it's most of the entrepreneurs that, that you and I serve, it, look what we can do. We can, first of all, we can create lots of jobs and create lots of income for a lot of good people who can support their family, who can live a better life, who can contribute back to charities on their own and give where they feel that they want to give. But they're also, if you're running a great company, it goes back to what I said. It's okay to do good by doing good things for others, which means the consumer needs good companies. You know, uh, we have doctors, in, in my case, we have doctors who really, truly need us. If we were to close the doors tomorrow, which we had no, no, no possibility of it, but if we were, I, I would have probably 1,200 practices around the country that would be, wow, kind of left in the lurch. And it's the same with you. If you were on the financial planning and money management side, if you were to send all your clients a letter and say, hey, I think I'm just going to ride off in the sunset, you'd have a lot of upset worried, fearful people. So, I mean, it's on every level. A great company serves on every level, serves the consumer, serves the greater good, serves the employees, you know? And, and so I, I think we got it. And, and by the way, small business is still the lifeblood of America. And and our our, our politicians have got to stop picking on them. They've got to make them better. They've got to support them. You know, I think there was there was there was some subsidies that happened during COVID that I think helped a little bit uh, and maybe a little bit too much. Maybe it created some of the inflation that we have, you know, and, and, and I think we're in the process right now of a major correction. Uh, there's a real estate correction going on. There's a economical correction going on. There's an inflationary correction going on, which are good things. And by the way, out of that will come tons of opportunities. But back to the original question. Yeah, I mean. I make no apologies for profit. I make no apologies for running successful businesses. And, and to me, it's, you know, another chapter in my book is, it, you know, because people always are striving. The other overused term these days is life balance, right? Especially if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a small business owner, whatever it is. And I go, you know, that that is so overplayed. Because if you really love what you do, you shouldn't worry whether it's making a business decision or throwing the football with your kid. It should not matter. You should enjoy everything that you do. And, and that goes all the way back to the emotional fitness of coming from the right emotions. For me, it's always the, five, the same five. I wake up every day and decide in advance I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be kind to others. I am going to live an abundant world. And I'm going to be optimistic about the future of the world and about the optimistic about the future of my own life. So say that again. I want to write those in. Grateful? Grateful is the platform for all of it. Because from gratitude, which, by the way, you, you know, your mind's like a Google search engine. So you got to ask it the question every morning. Every morning I ask the question, what am I most grateful for? I woke up this morning and go, God, I'm grateful I get to, I get to spend a little time. Uh, on a call with my my good friend Mark Murphy, you know, and but so you can be grateful for all kinds of things. But I usually the way I, I get real grateful is I go around my life wheel, right? And I say, well, what am I grateful for emotionally? What am I grateful for 
physically? Do I have good health? Do I, I, I got a great night's sleep last night. I'm grateful when I get a good night's sleep because <laughs> as most of us know, you get to be about 60 years old. It's not always a great night's sleep, whether you got stuff to worry about or not. Sometimes you just don't sleep well, right? So it's the little things you get grateful for. I get grateful for my relationships, who I love, who loves me, who do I get to play with every day, right? I get grateful for the ability to contribute in business and to the world and to pay it forward. I get grateful for the businesses that I get to play in, and I get grateful for my lifestyle. And once I go around that, I develop a, and it's a different list every day. Sometimes I do it on the stair climber. I think that's the best. If you if if your listeners really want the best start to a day, man, do something that gets your energy level moving. Do a power walk. I know winters are tougher, but bottom line is is get on a stair climber. Do whatever you got to do, but then go into your head because mornings and getting in your head are the most productive, most powerful times of the day. But out of that gratitude, it's really easy to be happy. By the way, people ask all the time, they go, well, what, you know, what's the big thing with being happy? And I go, well, have you ever noticed that happy people seem to live longer? Have you noticed that happy people tend to make more money? Do you notice that happy people tend to attract more happy people? So there's a huge reward to being happy, right? Um, that allows me to be kind to others. Because, you know, you, you want to you pay it forward with kindness. We've got enough people who are not kind in this world. We don't need any more of that. The abundance mentality is also wonderful because blue ocean, right? I mean, there's always enough. And I talk about that in my new book, too. And then the one that I really, really adopted, I used to have those four as anchor emotions that I choose every day. And the one that I adopted during COVID was optimism. Because I just felt like there wasn't enough optimism and I knew that optimism was going to be our way forward, whether that be in business or whether that be in a relationship or in life or with your health, whatever it is. So so those are my five and uh, it's, it hasn't failed me yet. It works pretty pretty well. You know, one of the things that's so elusive to people, and I think when you, you talk to people and they're, and they're sort of with their own conscience, they talk about, can I have wealth? Can I have health? Can I have purpose? Can I have love in my life? And I think there's, a, you talked about abundance. I think there's an awful lot of people that are trying to get that right. But they they sort of have a mindset that, that say, hey, to get wealth, I have to give up health. Or to, or to have health, I, or to have uh, you know, purpose, I have to give up love. You know, and, and so I find that, you know, you know, there may be others. Those are four that I, I seem to focus around a lot. Do you think you can have health, wealth, purpose, or meaning and love at the same time? And, and how hard is it to get? Do you think? Do you think? How do you think people people actually are getting that? Well, I think what you kind of did is just hit the definition of what true life mastery is. So even though I said life balance is kind of an overused term, mastering six areas of your life together simultaneously is an amazing thing. And again, those being your emotional fitness, your physical fitness, your relationship fitness, your contribution fitness. Your 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 power of purpose has to come through a career, I believe, and through contribution. And then the sixth one used to be uh, one of your favorite topics, financial freedom, which it still is. But I think if you get all of those together, what I've done in my life now in my early 60s is it's not so much of me ch about me chasing financial freedom and abundance anymore. It's more about how do I now take that financial freedom and turn it into the lifestyle of my dreams, creating that amazing life. 
And I think the because frame for all of your listeners needs to be is that the payoff to going after all six simultaneously is it has this powerful synergistic effect on one's life. Because when, you, when you've got all six of those, you're in the zone. And so I've, you know, for the most part, I mean, everyone will have a bad day every once in a while. And we will all stumble in one of those areas every once in a while. But the bottom line is, is I think what screws people up is when they don't keep all six of those in their sights, when they're all about money or all about their business or all about health or, but they're doing it at the expense of their marriage or they're doing it at the expense of of something else, right? So I think your conscience, when you say the word conscience, your conscience is very, very clear and level-headed when you know that you're making advancements in all six of those. And by the way, I'm not perfect, neither are you. And to be inhuman is, to be imperfect is to be human, right? But I think what drives human beings, whether it be an entrepreneurial or any human being, the happiest times you'll ever be in your life is when you're doing two things. When you are growing and expanding and pursuing and building something more than you already have in any of those six areas I talked about, and also when you're contributing to others. If I would challenge any listener today that to ask themselves, what was the happiest times of your life? Most people will tell you it wasn't the day they got married or the day they started the business or the birth of their child. No, what they'll tell you is it was while they were pursuing, while they were chasing that romance or getting ready to build that business or building it or raising the children or whatever that is, or or getting a better body, right? Working out, getting toward toward your, your peak energy state, right? But so so that's how you get happy forever. And is to just constant and never improvement and know that that's how human beings are wired, I believe. Have you noticed that life is getting more and more expensive? From grocery prices to real estate values, everywhere you turn, prices seem to be skyrocketing. Well, Mark has dedicated decades of his career and life to serving entrepreneurs and professionals to build real wealth. And in most cases, multi-generational wealth. The reality is, we all have to navigate turbulent times in this economy. But the difference will be for those that have a roadmap and a customized plan for building wealth. That's why, as a listener to this podcast, we are so excited to share with you first access to Mark's newest book, The Ultimate Investment, a roadmap to grow your business and build multi-generational wealth. When you access this book, you'll discover... How to know when you're working a job instead of a business. That hard work isn't all about hours put in. This will make you more productive. Why you need to live with your back against a wall. How to surround yourself with the right people who support your vision. And so much more. Go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book to get access now. Once again, go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book. And now... Back to the show. Well, that is, uh, this is this is very very powerful stuff. I, I I think if anybody who's watching this podcast adopted what you just laid out in the last ten minutes, I think that's like the the key to the key to life. I think that every single one of these 
these things. I don't think there's anybody that could disagree with anything you, you said. I just think with people, I think people know it. They've just got to put some intentionality around it. You know, a um, couple, couple of things we also talk about is, I've, we've heard her talk about, it. you've talked about executive coaching, all these buzzwords, buzzwords, everybody wants to be a coach, everybody wants to be a consultant, everybody wants to be, what's the difference between a consultant and a coach? Well, you know, early in the day, that was that was a, a painful experience because we'd, we'd go talk to potential clients and they go, oh, you're another consultant. We go, no, 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 no. Please don't put that label on us. And the challenge was, you know, I had created five other companies before Fortune. And so I was not, not unfamiliar with hiring consultants. What I found, though, is that consultants a lot of times, not always, I'm sure there's some good ones who still call themselves that, but most of them, what I found was they were people who would come in and they would want to put their expectations on you, the business owner. They wanted to tell you what your vision should be. And in doing that would try to a lot of times create a a cookie cutter approach where they would try to jam sometimes square pegs in round holes. And for a lot of business owners in particular, that can be offensive. Even at, for life coaches, it shouldn't be done, you know? And, and so what we've always said is coaching is a hundred percent different in the fact that when we sit and talk with anybody, any new potential client or anyone who just needs our help, it's always about five questions to open up the conversation. One is, where are you at right now? Where are you at in your life? Where are you at in your business? Just where are you at? And that's a loaded question. They're all loaded questions, but you've got to establish a point A to everybody's journey, whether that be the business path or whether it be the, the, the personal path. Second question we always ask is, well, how'd you get there? You know, in other words, everyone's got a past. Now, the past doesn't equal the future, but it's important that we have history because you learn from that. And if you're a great coach, you learn about people's behavior from their past decision making, right? Third question, though, is what makes the difference, and that is to make sure that the person you're talking to is asked, well, where do you want to go? If your business was great, if your life was great, if you were fulfilled, if you were in a good place mentally and physically, what does that look like to you? Not what I want for you, but what you want for you. Fourth question I'd ask all your listeners on that is, do you have a plan in place to get yourself there? Now, that's the defining question on whether you, maybe you should be looking for a coach or someone who can help you with a roadmap. You know, and by the way, coaches are not people who are any smarter, any better than, than you. The only difference that a coach, a good coach has done is they might have lived in your shoes many times over. And what they'll do is they'll accelerate your process through the concept of modeling. In other words, success leaves clues, right? If it worked for 10 other business people, it may work for you. So, you know, and I also remind people, coaching is just someone who has to be able to see the individual beauty in everyone that they coach, even when that person can't see it in themselves. They also have to be someone who will hold that mirror up in front of them sometimes and say, look, until you take my permission away, this is who you said you wanted to be. This is where you said you wanted to go. Now, 
if you no longer want those goals or want that vision, fine, we'll go somewhere else. But until you do, that's where we're going to go. Uh, Will Smith had a great line in a song he did maybe 25 years ago when his first son was born. And there was one buzz line in that that always stuck with me and said, life will attack. You will slide off track. And I got your back, son. And I think a great coach always has somebody's back. And then, you know, the, I think the last question that I always ask anybody is, how can I help? How can I help? You know, so I think there's a huge difference between a coach or a coaching organization like Fortune or like Northeast Private Sequoia Client Group. You guys are coaches as well. You guys are coaches. You know, so many of the things that you and I do, Mark, are aligned because that's why we've worked together for over two decades, right? Because the same process that we will take a client through for their business, their practice, or even their life, you're doing the same things through the financial prism, right? You want to find out when you do two meetings, when our advisors at Sequoia, when they do, it's always two meetings, right? And the first meeting is the same conversation. Where are you at? How much have you saved? You know, um, you know what, what, what are your spending habits right now? All those wonderful things. But then it's also, tell us a little bit about your history. But more importantly, in financial planning, it's the same thing. Tell me where you want to go. And are you willing to do the things that it's going to take so that we can both celebrate at that, at that goal line? So that's why we're so you know, aligned. So I was going to say, you know, so I would say what, what you say was the, that, you know, you want to believe so viscerally in their ability to succeed that they believe it themselves. But the thing that I find so interesting is that um, what I think real coaching, what we do, and I think what Fortune does in coaching, it's about the word I would put is possibilities. That there are so many people, when you ask them that question, Bernie, about where they're going, their goals, they're almost afraid to let out the big, hairy, audacious goals or what's possible because they, they've been conditioned to say, hey, we can have kind of linear growth. If we grow at 5% a year or 10% a year, you know, there's a new book I'm, I'm reading right now where it says it's easier to be 10x. It's easier to grow your business 10x than it is to grow 2x. And I think that, and, and so I've been reading this book, I find finding it fascinating. And I think it's the same thing there that I think that one of the things that I get a kick out of and you have to, because we're all human beings and we have, you know, we, we like to be, you know, acknowledged for the work we do. But I've heard people come up to you is you may have said something to them at the front of the stage 20 years ago, or you might have said it in a private session or in a coaching session. And they'll come back to you and they'll say probably, you know, Bernie, uh, you probably don't remember this, but you said to me, you know, 14 years ago, I should do, 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 do. And I did that. And my life took off from there. And it never occurred to them that that was possible. And so, so, so many folks where I, I love the fact where they think they've got, they understand what's possible. And then they realize that they're just scratching the surface. I mean, that happens to you yeah. every day. Yeah. I mean, one of the greatest payoffs in my career, and I think <laughs> I hear this with you, is when someone does come up to you and say, thank you, you changed my life. And, and I said, no, you changed your life. And what what I did was maybe what I did is I exposed you to your blind spots. See, that's I, I think the reason why people don't go after their hopes, their dreams, their goals all the time. We all as entrepreneurs have blind spots. So another, I think, aspect of coaching is to be able to see around corners and expose the, the blind spots 
that other entrepreneurs maybe don't see. I also think people get in a rut. I also think that sometimes there's self-sabotage involved where people really don't believe that they deserve it or they don't think they're capable or worthy of it. All of those things are what what great coaches need to help people through. And, and, and I think that's where the payoff on the coaching is. I, I love watching people succeed. I get more juice out of that. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it all comes down to what we call limiting beliefs, right? And what society has told them in the box that they've, they've, gone, they've gone in. But when you unchain from those limited beliefs and you just say, you know, Jim Rome, who was one of my original mentors, Jim Rome was fantastic because he, he does a little video on why not, you know, why not it be you? Why not get all your goals? Why not have an amazing life? Why not build a great company? Why not make the money you want to make? Why not live and have the finer things? Why not build a great family? Why not leave a legacy? Right. So I think the more why nots we ask of one another, the better off we become. I don't know if you want to answer this in the positive or the negative, but who should be a fortune client or who shouldn't be a fortune client? Who's who's somebody you've helped? Uh, you've tell, you have thousands and thousands and thousands of doctors all over the country for 30 years. Who should be a client or who shouldn't be a client? I think I'll answer it both ways. Uh, first of all, in the positive. Well, let me say it this way. We First of all, we are clearly like no company on the planet. Are we right for everybody? And uh, that's fine with me. I think part of being a success, running a successful company is you have to know who your target audience is. You need to know who you're right for, who you're going to get the best results for and who you're not. No different than in your business, right? Um, now, who are we right for? First of all, we're right for any doctor who has hunger, passion, and drive, and who also is willing to have an open mind to the possibilities that are out there. Again, you talked about it earlier. Uh, you have to be willing to always explore the possibilities in your career and in your life. Um, and if I was going to probably, you know, percentage it, I would say that we are always right for the top 10 percenters uh, I think in, in the dental profession, what I've always told all my own folks is, is in every profession, there's always the top 10 percenters. I also believe there's the, the top 20 percent who are aspiring to get to that top 10. And I think there's another 10 percent, call them in the top 30, who are upwardly mobile. And, and those are the ones that we typically work with because that's what they want. Um what I'm not interested in and what I think our company is not interested in working with is when a doctor comes to us and says, well, uh, I know what I want, but I need you to do it for me. And I need to pay you as middle management or I need you to do my bidding. And I'm not willing to take full responsibility and be empowered for my own business or my own life. Um, that's just a another form of reactive behavior. Reactive behavior, and it happens in every profession, including dentistry. And I'm not picking on on my my dentist. I'm just saying that you know that if you ever come to a live seminar that I've done, I've told you in advance what reactive behavior looks like for a dentist. 
And what it looks like is when the dentist doesn't take accountability for not only their lack of success, but also their failure. And they want to blame. They want to deny. They want to defend. They want to blame the insurance industry. They want to blame the employees. They want to blame the the patients for not valuing dentistry. They want to blame society. And one of the things that I've, I've always learned is if it's going to be, it's up to me. And so we want to work with any doctor who believes that they're in control of their own destiny and they can make a difference and are not willing to blame somebody else or take a victim mentality. Uh, one of the things that we've we've kind of stopped doing in our our company is becoming an, an ER ward for <laughs> troubled souls. Right. I mean, because it, it, it's just not fun. And most of these folks got themselves in that position and are not willing to take responsibility even when they hit rock bottom. Now, some do. And if they and if they're willing to have an epiphany and let us have an epiphany with it, man, we're ready to rock. We 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 have no judgment on that. So thanks for asking that question, because I think it's really important. You know, one of the one of the things I've enjoyed working together for the last couple of decades has been that when you work with a lot of different, let's call it coaches, consultants, uh, people of all shapes and sizes, they seem to have like a one-year or a two-year program. And the same thing they were doing in 1972 is the same thing they're doing in 2023, or 2000, and they'll be doing the same thing in 2040. One of the, <laughs> one of the things I love about, that, about Fortune is a third of the stuff or half the stuff you'll, we'll be talking to clients about a year from now hasn't even been created yet. It's always dynamic and growing. And so I, I just asked the last question I ask you is, you're sort of at the top of the mountaintop. What's the future of fortune? What's fortune going to be like in, in three years or in five years or in 10 years? Yeah, well, I think you hit the nail on the head. And that is, is that it's an always evolving process. You know, I did an interview on a podcast about, oh, God, now it's probably been five, six years ago. And someone asked a very similar question about why we stay on top and how we've stayed the test of time. Because, you, you know, you think about it, having a co- any business to be in business over three decades is against the odds, right? I mean, most companies don't make it five years. Restaurants don't make it one year in this society, right? But one of the the, the secrets, I think, is that I have as the, the leader of our our company, I have treated every year as if we're a startup. And because we've always remained hungry, passionate about what we do, about helping people, but we never sit on our laurels. There are certain things in our company, as there are in any successful business, that will stay with you as what we call profound truths. Someone asked me that, what's a profound truth? And I go, well, a, a, a profound truth in life is something that was probably true a hundred years ago. It was true today, and it'll be true, you know, God willing, a hundred years from now. Now, in business, there are profound truths as well. We've shared some of those on our conversation today, as far as what works, what doesn't work for a human being and for a business. But I think there's also a dimension of constant and never ne- never ending improvement. Comes from the Japanese term kaizen, right? which means always, constantly, and never ending. Which really, if you think about it, isn't that what mankind has done? Think about this. We're the only 
species on the planet that has evolved over the last, you know, uh, however, thousands of years. Because we have a brain, we can reason, we can learn, we can evolve, right? Well, I think great companies do the same thing. But I think we will in 2023, right as we speak, we are starting the year looking at new dimensions. And uh, right now we've got some really new, exciting divisions of the company, uh, along with all of the, the galaxy of divisions that we already have and all the great partners we have. But there's always something new, you know, and uh, that's what keeps you young, too, I believe, Mark. Well, I agree with that. All I can tell you is that I've, uh, you know, we've had conversations like this from uh, from lunchtime till three in the morning uh, for a long, long time. And I got to tell you, anybody who spent the time watching this uh, is wiser than they started the uh, the conversation with. But if you'd like more of this, I'd ask you to go buy the Fortune recipe. Where you, you get that? You get that at Amazon. Where else can you buy this book? Yeah, you go know, Amazon. Amazon is probably the easiest. It's also in an ebook format through Amazon through Kindle, if you want. And you know what I'd say about that is is look that book was not written to make money and that's I'm not an, a, a paid author it's not what I want to be I did that for one particular purpose and that was to pay it forward that and you know when I announced when I we released it almost a year ago I first released it internally in our national meetings at Fortune to about 150 folks and I said you know my greatest wish is that first of all, you all read it so that we become a better company. Then I hope that you give a copy to every one of our clients so that they can create their best life. And then in a perfect scenario, they give it to every person on their dental team or on their healthcare team so that their organizations are easier to lead and these principles go deep into the culture of one's organization. And uh, we had a little bit of time on our hands during COVID. That's when we decided to do it. And also, every dollar that uh, proceeds uh, goes right to the Fortune Foundation, which funds all kinds of worthy causes all over the world. So, it, yeah, I hope you, you buy it and read it and do it for yourself. I, I know it can only make you better. I, I believe that even if you just take one or two principles, it can change your life. And I've learned over 35 years of live seminars that it doesn't take a lot to change a human being's life or a business person's trajectory. It's just got to be that right thing at the right moment that uncovers a possibility or a blind spot. So that's what the purpose is. And, and, and by the way, I am excited to be with you on launch day of your new book. You want to you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I just think the, 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 it's called The Ultimate Investment, which is, I guess the last great tax shelter in this country is owning your own business. Yeah, and so so what, sure. so what we want to do is I want to honor those entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial thinking people. And we want to help them unleash, unleash abundance in this country by helping them, as you say, I, you know, not only grow successful businesses, but you know, it's never about that. It's about the people. You know, how many people, if you start a business today, how many people are going to pay their mortgage from that business? How many people are going to send their kids to college because of what you've created? How many more good works and charitable organizations will get help because of what's been created? You know, one of my pet peeves is with people say, you know, I have, I have enough, Bernie. And they go, well, if you have enough, I find those people to be very, very selfish. Because if you have enough, you just have enough for yourself and nobody else. What we want to do is create abundance in this world. And we want to show people how 
how there could, how there could be a better, bigger, better future out there for everybody. So I, I'm excited about that. And, you know, as I said, uh, you know, this book that I, this book I, I have coming out and uh, the book you just had coming out. In fact, I'm still proud of the very first book I ever wrote and you ever wrote, we wrote together called the, uh, the, the win-win guide, the deal maker's guide to buying and selling dental and practices with merger and acquisition book. And that was our first stab at it. And uh, hopefully we're getting better at it and hopefully we can help a lot more people going forward. And uh, I, uh, I just want to thank you for your time. It's always inspiring. Well, I appreciate uh, the time as well. And I look forward to the future, my friend. Thanks, Bernie. Thanks again. I'll talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Hero of the Hour podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share the podcast episode with them. You can catch the show notes for this episode and more at www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to check out the other great books and resources on the website while you're there. Once again, it's www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. All links can be found in the description below. We look forward to serving you on the next episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS or Guardian, and opinions stated are their own. Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. OSJ, 200 Broad Hollow Road, Suite 405, Melville, New York, 11747, 631-589-5400. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Northeast Private Client Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0B36048. Arkansas Insurance License Number 741545. Expiration and submission numbers located in the show notes.